This is episode 509 of the Eventing Radio Show, brought to you by Eventing Riders Association of North America. We would like to thank our title sponsor, Bit of Britain. Find everything you need for eventing at bitofbritain.com. This week on the show, we speak to top international German eventing, dressage and jumping rider Ingrid Klimke after her fantastic win at the Wiesbaden ERM three-star. Then we speak to Irish international rider John T. Evans, fresh off of a fantastic win at the Rockingham International Horse Trials. I'm Liz Halliday-Sharp, joining you this week from North Chaley in England, and I'm afraid we do not have Paul Tapner this week, as he has a personal conflict, which means he cannot join us on the Eventing Radio Show. However, that means you are stuck with me, and we still have a fantastic show ahead of us, which we will get to right after these words from Bit of Britain. Hi, Glenda Geek here, founder of the Horse Radio Network, and we would like to take this opportunity to thank Bitter Britain for continuing to be our title sponsor for the Eventing Radio Show, and for being one of the biggest supporters of eventing over the last three decades. If you need eventing supplies, there is no better place to go than BitterBritain.com. John and the entire gang are there to help you with everything you need for a successful eventing season, with the exception of the horse, you're on your own for that. Please support the company that supports you, BitterBritain.com, and like them on Facebook, just search for Bit of Britain. Well, we are very excited to welcome one of the best riders in the world, one of the top German eventing riders. It's Ingrid Klimke joining us on the Eventing Radio Show. Ingrid, welcome to the show. We're so happy you could be on. Thank you. It would be fun. So we wanted to speak to you about many things, but firstly, let's talk about the wonderful result that you had at Wiesbaden in the Event Rider Masters. This was a brilliant event in Germany last weekend. I was very excited to compete there myself, and um, I enjoyed watching your fantastic performance on SAP Hell Bob OLD. Can you just um, quickly give us a, a rundown about the competition and, and what it was like for you? Every year I go to Wiesbaden because I think it's one of the most uh, fun shows. It's in the park, so the dressage arena is in front of a beautiful castle. And uh, the atmosphere is always special because you ride up to the top and then there's a beautiful castle and the arena was perfectly prepared. So Bobby did a wonderful job. He was very focused and really presented himself with lots of energy. And he was very precise. He was listening. So I really could write my test exactly the way I wanted and could really enjoy it while there was nothing where I could bother or would mm. bother about. The jumping is also a bit different because it's quite a big jumping arena on grass with big trees. And so often the jumping course really um, makes it difficult because of the time. You have to really write it time precise fast mm. and clear because you ride all over the big, big arena, jumping arena. But uh, Bobby was full of himself, came in and was a little bit shaking his head as if he thinks it's already cross-country day, so I couldn't <laughs> even salute and thought, no, oh, you have to be really fast, okay, but I must make sure that I really have him set up properly. 
in front of the fence and not just let him uh, take his own pace. So it was a nice, really good round, careful, clear, good in time. The cross country is different because it feels as if you ride a jump off in the park. It's very twisty because you have to go up, down, up, down, and then you go from the park to the warm-up area from the jumping and finish a little bit like in Aachen, one round or it was two rounds with the diagonal in the stadium, in the jumping arena. So you have to be really, from the start on, make time because you can never get it later or try to catch up somewhere with time. So having ridden there before was for me def definitely a big advantage while yes. I could... Uh, just know that I have to really speed up, cut every corner, and after each fence, speed up as quick as you can. So um, Bobby was really listening, looking to each fence, and I, I really enjoyed it a lot because the atmosphere was so special. Many, many people are in the park. It's crowded. They cheer you, they cheer you on and give you a very special feeling as if they all carry you over the course. <laughs> I have to agree. I, I've It was my first trip to Wiesbaden, and I absolutely loved it. It was completely crazy. I mean, there was just yes, courses and people and, yes. oh my goodness, like tractors and vehicles and everything everywhere all the time. But everything, what a everywhere. wonderful, oh my goodness, yes, but fantastic for the horses. Like my young horse, yes. I think he came away a much more grown-up horse. And um, yes. I, you could not find that anywhere else, could you? It's just incredible. No. And they learn so much. And uh, some say they're a little bit afraid of spectators. When you go to Wiesbaden, <laughs> you can't be afraid because they're only spectators. So uh, <laughs> exactly. I think it's fun. And uh, I, I also enjoy that the dressage and the jumping riders, they are all a big family because you can really watch um, sneak over the shoulder, watch some dressage, ride some dressage, dressage or something if you want. So for me, it's it's one of my favorite shows like Aachen too. Well, I was going to ask you about that because, of course, at Wiesbaden, partly why it was so crazy was we had a high level of pure dressage going on as well as a high level of jumping. And then, of course, the CIC three-star and the Event Rider Masters CIC three-star for eventing. And I did see you coming out of the barn occasionally riding a dressage horse and um, heading Let's off to do. do some of that. Were you jumping as well? So, um, uh, last year, I took five horses. I oh took uh, two jumpers as well. <laughs> but uh, with the five horses and 14 starts, I thought uh, oh, wow. <laughs> you have a double crew. And um, <laughs> the dressage, you always um, try to be from 6 to 7.30 or some in the dressage arena already and train the dressage horse in the morning. We'll go in the afternoon. And then uh, this year, I thought after 14, let the doctors <laughs> home and take the two dressage horses. And probably that's enough. But it was fun, especially on Sunday night. They did the freestyle and under flashlight. And it was oh, wow. so crowded. And with the music, the castle was um, oh, it was lighted. And the crowd was really incredible. They they start clapping during the music. And uh, the horses had to be really very um, <laughs> with you. So a little bit shy here and there, a little bit spooky, but fun. Really. Oh, it sounds sounds amazing. And, and Ingrid, there are not... I was looking up your FEI record, and there are not many riders that compete at such a high level and so successfully in eventing but who also can win at the other two phases i know michael young does a bit himself 
Um, but mm-hmm. I was looking, and you've had a win at Grand Prix Freestyle in pure dressage. You, of course, won the European Championships last year on your fabulous uh, boy, Hellbob. And so many more fantastic results. Is that something you've always done to try and do all three sports? And how, how do you sort of organize it in your life with your family and everything? My father was an event rider before. And uh, mm. when I grew up, he was um, a dressage rider. He was one of the last amateurs. So um, the morning he went to the horses and then to his office, lunchtime horses, office, afternoon horses. So <laughs> the horses really belonged to our family. But um, while he was in the event before, there was a racetrack around dressage mm. ring. We were jumping the horses. Cavaletti were everywhere. So Cavaletti work was um, one of his specialties. And so when we have um, a day off or it was a birthday for sure, we went for a birthday hug with the whole family and enjoyed it. So <laughs> I really grew up with family and horses together. Mm-hmm. And when I was young, I really enjoyed jumping a lot. And then from the jumping, I went to the eventing. But always the dressage was for me normal while we have had the dressage horses. So the dressage I learned by by not even thinking about it or, or not really right. taking lots of notice while we had the dressage horses so for me to hop on a horse and ride a grand prix or a special or do piaf passage in one tempi was a little bit like yes that's what we always did or that's what i grew up with right but eventing and jumping um i went to different trainers and i had a chance to go to ian miller to canada when he was the big band the big star and so i was always uh, interested in the other disciplines while the dressage was normal or I grew up with, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, my father died in 99, much too early, and then um, I got his horse Biotop for a season and um, competed him in Grand Prix, and I really thought that it's also my passion. I think eventing is very excited, and I love it, and something <laughs> too, but um, bringing young dressage horses up to the top, that's what I really enjoy. I, I mean, if I can do everything later, the whole Grand Prix, then it's a little bit like you push a button and everybody can do it. But to bring a youngster up to Grand Prix level until finally he, he can do the whole program with Piaf Passage, Burets, one-time changes, and then the whole puzzle together, that's also really a good challenge and interesting. And, and over a year or whatever, four, five, six years, you um, work with them until finally you say, oh, now you can push a button and everybody can do it. So <laughs> I really have this too. And and at my home, I mean, the horses all do the same in the way they are fed the same. They do the same program. All oh, the really? dressage horses jump a bit to Cavaletti work. The jumpers go to the uh, field or do the canter work for condition training. So it's not that I really feel I do something different. They all have quite a variety of training and also the dressage horses they often have their Cavaletti day or they go on the racetrack, go with us for a hug. Then they don't do that much movement. They they learn it, yes, but then it's more important that they have muscles and fun and enjoy doing it. Keeps so, them fresh, right? Uh, yeah. Yes. In my daily, I don't feel like um, there's a big thing if I ride an event or a dressage or a youngster or an older one because pretty much I just ride them in the morning, whatever whatever age or discipline they are not really a big deal if you because I've always done it maybe that's the difference from 16 years old <laughs> on I did all of it so for me it's my daily I would be really be bored if I only would have dressage horses for sure <laughs> but on the other oh, hand um, if I wouldn't have the dressage I would be really bored in the winter because I really like the winter work and especially with the more experienced horses 
you don't do that much dressage in the winter or you don't really, I mean, if they know their program, then um, you can do for fun. This year I teach Bobby the one-time changes because I thought he must do something different. He was so bored <laughs> doing dressage indoors while it was freezing cold. I thought, oh, no, we have to do some different stuff. And now he plays with the changes and think at least do some fun things. So the older they are, the less you train them in the winter. So that's why I really enjoy dressage winters and training wow. and, and just bring them, bring them or school, school them something, bring them up. Yeah. I think there's a lot of uh, eventing riders that would love to be able to say, oh, I just decided to teach him one time changes this winter. <laughs> I mean, my goodness. But um, tell me, Ingrid, it's really interesting to hear that, that, you know, all your horses do different things. So would you have sort of a schedule for the day and, and all the horses would do that sort of for the day, regardless yes, of what they do? Okay. Yes. For example, um, often when I'm gone, a day, then it's a lunging mm-hmm. day. So that means sure. all horses are lunged over Cavaletti. Okay. Uh, they have the uh, side reins and Cavaletti, and then they do just really work from behind, over the back, stretching, forward, mm-hmm. downwards, transitions, that they just have a nice, but still using the proper muscles for mm-hmm. their hind legs and their back. Um, the day off is anyway for all the same, and then when we do when we build some jumps, the dressage horses don't jump the high course, but Francisco's, for example, my 10-year-old Grand Prix horse, he really loves to jump and he's, he could be quite a nice jumper. I mean, he has in the last scope, but I can ride him a whole um, with water. And so I could really, when we jump, then I can jump him also a course, a smaller course. Oh, okay. I don't build it too high, but at least that mm-hmm. he has. And in the winter, I do lots of gymnastics. And then we set up a gymnastic in the morning. And then we have the dressers group where the jumpers are laughing because they say they look as if they jump out of a toaster. <laughs> because I said, uh, they use their backs differently but yeah. it's not important that they have the last scope it's more important they do something fun and to say in out they get back muscles and um, do something where they uh, get athletes or, or muscles yes. condition but not pee, pa, pirouettes all again and again because then if you do it too often you realize it's not something special for them anymore and yes. then it's hard work I always think the dressage horses have so much harder work, uh, much harder work, mm. and must be much more obedient and much more willing. Um, it's because um, the eventers have their day where they go galloping, so yes. they just uh, run up the hill and enjoy it. So it's good for the yeah, dressage horses. They have horses. lots of variety, they don't they? So. Yes. Yeah. And so I try to take the dressage horses as as much room as we have, and people we have, we take them to the hill as well that they just uh, do some different. Even if they are slow and can't really catch up with the eventers, they (laughs) have something different and try. Or we do group. Um, I often like to go out in the group, some friends and uh, kids and uh, and stuff. We all go together and then we have always two and two in rows behind and then the dressers, the stallions, the mares, we all spread them that Hopefully they are all on their places <laughs> and, uh, oh my and play in the water and just go for some hacks. I think it's important. Well, or I think we do handwork uh, once a week. Mm-hmm. I really like lots of handwork too, teaching them half steps forward, a little bit of Piaf, even if they are not ever have to do it in the ring because right. they will never be a dressage horse. It really teaches them to use the hind legs under the center of gravity and okay. be through and give in the neck and carry oh, wow. themselves because this is the most important thing that they learn to really 
balanced, more hindquarters so they can be in self-courage. And uh -huh. every horse can learn the piazza. And I think it's important that they learn, or it's a good movement, half steps forward, a little bit of piazza, take them in hand, few hands left, right, yeah. finish. After a nice warm up, and then you can continue and do some mediums or some sideways um, that they sit on the hind legs much, much more. That's also good for the event is what is what more the dressage horses do. So they are always on both for both discipline horses things which are doing something good. So I think you would um, be a big believer in saying that all horses need variety in their training. They yes, just need to totally. be kept interested. And, and yes, I couldn't agree with you more. Totally. I think their minds must be interested. They must be doing different That's things and keep them thinking. Yes. Yes. And the dressage horses all go out on pasture. What okay. owners really right. have to learn because they are a little bit afraid <laughs> that they are hurt and whatever. Of course. But all the horses go out and um, go for hacks and do different things. Well, it's interesting to hear you say all this because in, in England at our base, we have a, a Grand Prix dressage rider, Luke Baber-Davies, who's based with us. And um, when he goes away, he's he's always saying, Liz, can you ride some of the horses? Can you give this one a jump? Give this one a jump. And yeah. most of the dressage, and his dressage horses have never jumped. So there's me trying to ride it around the arena yeah. and over some jumps and hack it up the road and, and but the horses they oh. love it they really enjoy it yes, they love and it, just, it they enjoy it freshens it so the brain up yeah, yeah so much so and i found, I found that fun and don't think life is really bored and they exactly. don't give up some horses, <laughs> horses have given up with their personalities but i think it's so important that they have the personality even more than the event or at least i would say the same not more But the eventers must fight till the end. And with mm -hmm. dressage horses, the last line is always the most difficult one with passage, piaf, passage, finish. It's in every Grand Prix and special. Right. So if the horses are not really willing to carry you to the last mm -hmm. halls, it's such a hard work for a rider to piaf, oh passage without the horse. Oh, I can only imagine. Yeah, <laughs> it's not really fun. So um, on, that, on that side of things, looking ahead to the World Equestrian Games um, this year, you must obviously be very much hoping that you will be competing there on the eventing team. Are, are, do you have goals to maybe go to, to WEG as well with one of your dressage horses? Is that sort of in the plan? Not this year, because mm -hmm. my um, most or my, um, my, I would say my best Grand Prix horse at the moment, he is just 10 this year. So mm -hmm. this year is definitely um, a thing gaining experience and compete with the good ones and not anymore yeah. with the Young Horse Grand Prix or Young Horse stuff. So without the whip, he has to do it three days in a row, Grand Prix special. And the next day, the freestyle, what is for Young Horses, also something where they have to really grow into, do it three days in a row for mm -hmm. for really give so much. And so I'm sure that this year I really have still many things where I work on. But mm -hmm. in the future, I know that what he shows at home, that he would have every talent. The stallion Franciscus is also yeah. a breeding stallion. And if I if I can persuade him that he shows everything what he does at home, showing me <laughs> one day in the public, then I think he is really very special. It's a wonderful oh, well, that's horse. exciting. Talent. Especially also, as a 10-year-old, many, many years to come still. So, so Ingrid, we have... I'm sure that so many of our listeners who are all over the world would 
love to continue to follow your success and to follow you in, in your three different disciplines that you compete in. Are you on social media in any way? Do you have a website? Are there ways yes, that people can follow a you? Website. Yes, mm-hmm. there's a website, and we have lots of social media too. We have Facebook <laughs> and Instagram. Okay, is it just under your name? Is it Ingrid Klimke? Yes, Klimka? under my name, Ingrid Klimke. Perfect. If you, you take Ingrid Klimke, it, it comes up right away. Perfect. And we have oh, quite I'm... many followers on Facebook, so it's always quite busy. Try to inform as much as we can. Excellent. Well, I'm, I'm sure you will. Uh, I'm sure you will have a lot more followers after this interview. I found that really interesting, and um, I think, well, we are, we of course wish you all the very best. And do you have any bigger plans for Bobby this year? Will you be going? Will we see you at Le Moulin uh, or Burley? I will go to Le Moulin, and I would like Hope to go to Le Moulin, to Aachen, and then to Wick. That would be my yes. first choice. Well, Ingrid, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the Eventing Radio Show, and we wish you so much luck. I look forward to seeing you at Le Moulin, and um, thank you very much. We hope to have you on again sometime soon. Yes, it was a pleasure. Cross the fingers, and we will see us in the room. <laughs> thank you. The Eventing Writers Association of North America is the collective voice of writers, equine professionals, and owners in pursuit of enhancing the growing sport of eventing in North America. In cooperation with our members, governing bodies, related committees, and organizers, ERA of NA works to improve the overall welfare, safety, visibility, and growth of the sport. ERA of NA, your voice matters for the sport of eventing. Jump in and engage by becoming a member today. Find them online at www.eraofna.com. Joining us now on the Eventing Radio Show is very popular Irish eventing writer, John T. Evans. John T., it's great to have you back on the Eventing Radio Show. It's great. It's great to be chatting with you again, Liz. I'm, uh, I'm just actually, uh, I play football every Tuesday night. It's one of my <laughs> get-out clauses on life. And um, so I've, I've parked up on the side of the road. It's a beautiful evening here in, uh, in the Cotswolds, and uh, I'm on my way to football. So, yeah, it's very nice to have a chat with you. Oh, perfect. We love to hear what, what all of our guests are doing whenever we speak to them, because we have people in all different parts of the world everywhere. And I, I love that you're on your way to football. That's brilliant. But John T., more importantly, this is the Eventing Radio Show. And of course, we are calling you to talk about lots of things. But let's kick it off with your very good result at the Fairfax and Favor Rockingham International Horse Trials. Now, everybody loves to go and win, you know, a horse trials event, an advanced intermediate but the great thing about Rockingham is you can win a Robert Loom's watch for the very best time on cross country, the closest to the optimum time, and you won it. Yeah, I know. It's it's funny because um, Austin O'Connor won the first one, um, and Austin's a good mate of mine. And, uh, you know, so I'd, I'd sort of been quite aware of this watch over the last few years. And um, <laughs> Toddy, I think Toddy, Toddy won one, and I think Bill Levitt won one, and Ollie Townend won one. Um, and I was quite aware it was there and, and up for grabs again this year. And, and it's an incredible prize. And uh, it's a beautiful watch. It's um, it's all British made. Um, and they only make 100 in a year. Um, and it's such a fantastic prize. Um, and like you say, closest to the optimum time. Um, and Art was, Art was on flying form at Rockingham. And I, I was actually sort of slowing down at the end to make sure I wasn't <laughs> too quick. <laughs> um, so, no, it was great. Great to win it. Really great. 
Well, I actually came very close to winning that watch myself a couple of years ago. I think I was one second over and I, I had it in the bag like most of the day. And then I think Toddy <laughs> pipped me to the end there. But I, I remember thinking this will have me in the good books with my husband forever if I can win this yeah. watch and give it to yeah, him. So I was a bit gutted. But, um, you know, it's not easy to make the time at Rockingham, actually. And, um, you know, a lot of it depends on how good the ground is. But let's talk about art of course things didn't quite go to plan at badminton but it must feel nice to just get a really good solid run under his belt and to have him still feeling well isn't it yeah it's it is and, and you kind of you know when things haven't gone to plan at, at a major event like badminton you always wonder you know you always worry a little bit whether mm. it's knocked a bit of confidence or anything like that and he's a he's a horse that's sort of lived and breathed confidence all through his his career really so it was really nice to to feel him completely confident i think in hindsight i made a bitting error at badminton and i think i had too much bit in um i ran him in a snaffle at rockingham and he just felt absolutely amazing so you kind of in, in one way you kick yourself for what you think was possibly a mistake at badminton and in another way you're delighted because you know the whole feels really really good so He's entered for the CIC three-star at Tats and then for the four-star at Le Moulin. So, um, you know, we'll take it one step at a time, but he certainly felt really, really good at, uh, at Rockingham. So, fingers crossed. Well, and I can I can sympathize with you there. I think all of us as, as horse people and we want to do right by our horses. And whenever you've got that sort of mistaken run, there's nothing better than having the horse come out great and saying, OK, I found a reason. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Like, that's how I always feel. I'm like, right, Absolutely. okay, Absolutely. this explains that. Now let's move on and, and just do yeah. our very best. And, uh, of course, the pressure, is, the pressure has been on a little bit, Jaunty, hasn't it? You know, he is the people's horse. I think I actually own a few a few hairs in his tail <laughs> as well, <laughs> which I'm proud to say because he is a wonderful horse. Um, have you felt that real pressure ever since you, you went through that incredible process to get him syndicated? And, you know, I know that things haven't always gone just how you'd hoped but he is still a wonderful young horse isn't he 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 is and and he um you know i still believe he's getting better uh, you know he's by no means at the at the at the in you know at the sort of top of his game i think he he can improve his dressage can get better again i think um he um it did it was very hard last year um when we sort of got over the line in terms of raising the money mm. it was it was it was very evident to me how many people had helped me and the kind of stress and pressure of getting the whole, you know, getting momentum going and getting it across the line was, was huge. And I don't think, you know, one person actually said to me last year, you know, should you really compete him? And, and in hindsight, it's, you know, they weren't far off, off the mark in a way right. because it was a, it was a hell of a thing to actually get my head straight and get everything sort of organized and go again. And it didn't go very well at the end of last year. I, I feel this, the mistake at badminton, I, I really feel was due to the bit. And I, I the, the whole art, we call it Art's Amazing Family on Facebook. <laughs> and, and, and the whole thing has developed. And I don't, to be honest, I don't feel any pressure from people. I, I feel like I'm one of the best supported riders in, you know, in the world. And I'm lucky to have them all there. And they... You know, they everybody makes you know lovely comments. They're so supportive, and 
to be honest, I, I like it. Um, and I didn't, I didn't in any way, like when he won the, he won the um, Grantham Cup at Belton and <laughs> I didn't feel any pressure at all. And, and I didn't feel any at badminton. It was just lovely to have so many people who, who helped me, you know, come and say hello. And, um, the, the, the German the German arm of the uh, art family are delighted that he's going to the Moulin. So <laughs> we've had one or two messages uh, messages already um, from people in Germany who who helped us um, secure him. So um, you know, in a way, it's nice that um, you know people get to see him ar- around Europe. And um, you know, if the Moulin went well, then maybe in in Tryon at Weg as well. So. Well, that was going to be one of my next questions was obviously WEG must be in the forefront of your mind. Um, I mean, how, looking ahead to the other Irish people that you're in contention with, I would have thought if Le Moulin goes well, surely you would have a shot at going to try on. Do you know much about the venue? Have you have you watched a bit of the test event? Um, I watched some footage from the test event and Sally Corsgaden, who is our um performance manager she went out and was there during the the test event um so although sort of the riders that would be going wouldn't necessarily have first-hand knowledge sally has um we've seen video um we've all been told about the hill at seven and a half minutes oh yes (laughs) (laughs) i've seen Um, that hill i'm um, just saying it's it's pretty big (laughs) Um, so uh, but i mean from what we've been told and what we've heard the facilities are fantastic and um and it, you know with a with a bit of luck it's going to be a great event yeah i i have to agree i think it will be fantastic they've got a, a lot of work to do still um which i'm sure they wouldn't be shy about um i got to ride in the test event and um it was my second year there competing at Tryon, and uh, it is an incredible infrastructure it really is like a, its own little city but um but they yeah. certainly have a lot of work ahead of them so i think it will be very different even when the World Equestrian Games comes around to what we saw in April. But, um, you know, of course, this must be the big push for you now. It's all about the Moulin. Um, I look forward to seeing art there. I'm hoping to be there myself. And um, do you have any Do you have any other horses that you think are coming up behind him in his shoes? I mean, I know you've got lots of horses running. I always see them running, but anything quite as special as art? Are you expecting to have another people's horse? <laughs> um, I, I have to say I hope to never be in that position again but um, um, much as it's amazing to have everyone's support it's um, it's a difficult thing to, to do and to get I'm your sure. head down <laughs> yeah um, I've got a fabulous nine-year-old called Ringwood LB and he's called Albie in the stables and he did his first uh, CIC three-star at uh, Belton and he jumped double clear and finished ninth and um, he is going to go to Tats and Le Moulin, uh, Le Moulin just to do the CIC three star there. And um, I've got two fabulous seven-year-olds. I've got a, a little um, Irish horse called John the Bull. And, uh, I've John seen him actually. He's pretty cool. <laughs> he, I just love him. He's so cool. He's so much fun. And he... he really reminds me of art in that he has um, absolute belief and, and total confidence in himself um, <laughs> that you know he just thinks that you know everything was put here for him really um, so he uh, he went to Le Leon uh, d'Angers last year as a six-year-old and he'd hopefully go back there again as a seven-year-old um, he's skipping around intermediates at the moment and um, making them feel very straightforward so 
Um, I'm, I'm hoping he'd um, finish the year well in Lyon. And then, um, it, it's difficult sometimes when you get these slightly precocious horses that actually are much better when you occupy their mind. Mm. It's difficult sometimes to kind of hold them back because, you know, he's only seven this year. He'd only be eight next year. And, and you're kind of thinking, crikey, I don't want to get there too soon with him because physically sure. you want them to be you know well developed enough before you put them under a, under the pressure of the higher level competition but mentally he he just loves the days of entering he, he loves <laughs> it and he, the more you give him to think about the better he is um, do you know i have one understand. just just like that johnty and i couldn't sympathize with you more and um i've got uh, the same one of my horses went to leon last year as well for the six-year-olds and he's already won a cci two-star this year and he is one of those crazy ones it's the same he loves being occupied yeah. and you just think maybe i just need to pull on the reins so to speak yeah, <laughs> like, exactly you could just get a bit it carried is. away couldn't you and you and you get you know you get you try not to be precious about them, but when they feel as good as that, they you get <laughs> precious about them, don't you? You know you sort exactly. of get oh this is this one's special. And... I hear you. I hear you. Um, well, yeah. I mean, I hope that it sounds like you've got a fantastic string of horses coming up behind, and that's so important, isn't it, in today's day in eventing? It's it's not about that top horse you've got. It's about what else is coming up behind it, because we all know eventing is is difficult horses do get injured they have good days and bad days and it's all about having that string of horses coming up so it sounds like you've got a very good string coming up behind your superstar art yeah we've got some good ones and and you know as as importantly we've got some really really great owners so um they they back the horses and um um, and that's super, and they, and they sort of back me to train them, and, and that that gives you a bit of freedom to try and get the job done properly, which is which is sometimes difficult to do. But um, yeah, no, we've got good horses, good owners, and um, and good staff as well at the moment, so that's nice. Wow, <laughs> you got got all all the top number ones that everybody dreams all, about. Yeah, in all the good. World. Yeah. My goodness, <laughs> I'm very jealous. Yeah, Not that I don't have super staff and horses, because I'm very yeah. lucky to have that too. Yeah. But, but I think uh, you're you're basically living the eventing dream. It sounds like. But Johnsy, I'm gonna because I don't have tappers here, and he always gives me hassle when I ask this question. And since he's not here, yeah. I'm definitely going to ask it. Um, and I've probably asked you this before, but I'd like to think our listeners love it. So before I leave you, I am going to ask you for your number one top training tip. Because you have produced the people's horse. You have so many horses coming up through the levels. And I know you produce many horses yourself. So this can be any training tip that you would like to throw out to the masses of any level or just the one thing that you think really you live by. I'm putting you under well, pressure. Actually, um, the, yeah, there's, there's, there's probably, I could probably give you a list of them. But but, but one of the things... Um, when I when I had the couple of cross country difficulties with with art at the end of last year, one of the things I really focused on is where I look. So, and, and I think this applies to you know whether you're just jumping around a, a, a prelim or a ninety, or whether you're jumping around a, a top end track. It doesn't you know it applies exactly the same across the board, and probably for show jumping and for your cross country as well. And you know when you're coming into you know, say you've got a log into water, maybe, and then a turning distance to an arrowhead, and then maybe another, you know, another arrowhead out up a hill or something. You know, you have to be conscious of what's happening ahead of you or what's going to happen. 
and I and I think a lot of people can end up by mistake fixated on the say the log in that scenario I described and and then they've jumped the log and they're in the air and it's then you know it's nearly too late to be looking ahead and I think you've got to be thinking of looking forwards and ahead and for me being tall if I look down at the fence I'm jumping in that moment I'm tipping forward Mm. and you know if you can keep your eye line always traveling three four strides ahead I think that makes a a huge difference, particularly in the cross-country riding. I think that's excellent. I really like that. That's very different to anything else we've had, but I think it's very, very relevant. And I agree with you. Don't they say the human head is seven pounds or something like that? Yeah. You think about leaning down, that's seven pounds on your horse's front end, isn't it? I think proportionally our heads are heavy, are the heaviest bit. And of course, Tappers, you know, if Tappers, he's not there to defend himself, so he must go gently <laughs> on it. But his head's even bigger than everyone else's. So. <laughs> <laughs> poor old Tappers. Oh, will he, he, will he hear tappers. this? Will I get grief for that? <laughs> I will make sure he listens. Yeah, I think <laughs> okay. he needs to now. Um, well, Jonty, before, before we say goodbye, can you just quickly tell our listeners how they can follow your progress? I'm sure lots of people either own a little piece of art or they would like to or they love to follow him anyway amongst your other horses as well so uh, are you on social media your website everything sell yourself to all of your adoring fans (laughs) social media we are on facebook at john t evans eventing and um, we're on twitter at john t evans no hang on twitter is at (laughs) john t eventing um, and Instagram's the same at John T. Eventing, and we have a website which is www.johntevanseventing. And um, you know, we'd love to hear from you. Um, and and anyone who was involved in in art and helping us so much um, on Facebook, we have Art's Amazing Family, which is which is a group, and we try and keep everybody updated with what's going on, uh, where he's running, how he's run, what he's been doing in training, and so on. Um, so that hopefully people feel um, as though they're part of the family that help them um, help keep Art and I together. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Shanti. I really hope to see you in Le Moulin and very best of luck with everything going forward. Thanks for being on the Eventing Radio Show. Thank you, Liz. Yeah, hopefully see you in Le Moulin. Thanks Cheers. a lot, mate. Bye. Thank you very much for listening to the Eventing Radio Show brought to you by the Eventing Riders Association of North America. You can learn more about Eventing Riders Association of North America at eraofna.com. Find the links to today's guests and topics at eventingradio.com. You can, of course, follow Eventing Radio on Facebook. Just search for The Eventing Radio Show and on Twitter, at Eventing Radio. Listen to Eventing Radio anytime, anywhere with the free Horse Radio Network app for iPhone and Android. Just go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. You can also subscribe via iTunes. Thanks again to our title sponsor, Bit of Britain. I'm Liz Halliday-Sharp, and you can follow me on Facebook, Liz Halliday, on Twitter, at Liz Halliday, on Instagram, Liz Halliday-Sharp, and of course, on our website, hseventing.com. Thanks for listening.